I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. As always, very short introduction here because I'm very excited about today's episode. About a year ago, I interviewed a 33-degree Freemason, Dr. Tahuti Patah. It was an extremely interesting conversation it was the most popular podcast episode that we had. Maybe it was a coincidence that shortly after the podcast got taken down. But <laughs> I've, I've relaunched and it's still one of our most popular episodes. We've had a ton of interest in it. A lot of people had questions for you. They wanted me to ask you. And some of them was just repeating the question because we didn't quite get to everything that people wanted to know. So we're going to jump right in. Dr. Tahuti. Thank you. How are you? Great, great. Thank you for having me. I think the uh, most common question after our recording, there was there was a bunch of deep level questions, but really a lot of people were curious as to why you even came on in the first place, because you're not promoting anything. I understand you have a book out now, but before you didn't have anything to promote. And even you kind of said that there's not really anything we can do to uh, take down the, the people in power. So what, what was the point? What do you get out of it, talking to us non-illuminated people? Just basically giving you the, the knowledge on what Freemasonry is about, what the Illuminati is about. Again, I don't have no intuitive motive. Um, just bringing people from out of the darkness into the light so that they may um, look at things in the future and what is to, uh, what is to come, you know, uh, is basically important that this knowledge of truth be given to those that are seeking. And that's, the, that, that's my whole thing. You know, I, I, I stay to myself, so I really don't uh, try to promote uh, any type of um, secrecy that the that the Masons do have, or any occult uh, 
teachings. I let people come to their own conclusion on what they want to believe in or not to believe in. But this is the time now, uh, even the planets are lining up that all truth will come to the light. So do you think we're in some critical turning point here? Um, yes, you, we, everyone that is not on that path of truth or not on that path of trying to change their, um, change who they are spiritually, they will come to, uh, come to see more darkness in their life instead of more light. Wasn't that always true? Um, no. Most people think that they have the truth. Most people think that they're living in the truth, but a lot of them are living in an illusion of their own mind and a deception in which they think that, um, that they are really walking on that path. So we're just leading, they're just leading themselves more into the dark uh, state of the abyss, which we call a triple state of darkness, which is deaf, dumb, and blind. So what does it matter, though? I'm just trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I've personally come to the conclusion that I should save myself and not worry about so much about what other people are doing. What does it matter to you or Freemasonry if the general population goes further into darkness? Wouldn't that be good for business? No, it would not, because as a um, as an individual of knowledge and an individual of truth, I believe that everyone's soul and spirit should be free. It doesn't matter what they believe in, what culture they come from, that if you're Buddhist, you should understand the, the mantras and the, the prayers in which liberates your soul out of the darkness. So... Yeah, it may not matter, but it does matter when you're on that path of truth, um, that you leave no brother behind, no sister behind that is seeking the light and that wants it. So it's a responsibility to help people who want to be helped. It's always a responsibility to those that have the light to give it. So we established last time, and by the way, anyone who hasn't seen the first interview Definitely go check that out. It's on audio only on the podcast. The link is in the description because we go through Dr. Tahuti's story, where he came from and all this stuff. And we established that he's kind of broken away from what we would think of as mainstream Freemasonry. Like, and this is where the uh, divide comes in for me. Like you see a lot of Freemason organizations, record companies, movie companies, and other studios that are promoting stuff that drags us down obviously brings our vibration down brings us away from truth so you don't agree with what they're doing basically you have a different philosophy that you should share the knowledge regardless and you're not playing part in this trickery yes i um to deceive an individual within their own soul or within their own mind is the devil itself See, most people think that masonry is a tool to get things in life and to get immediate things. Um, and it is. If you are playing that 
role in masonry. But again, masonry is a, is a tool, should be a tool, I should say, of enlightenment. I've been traveling down that, traveled down that path for uh, 25 years, almost 30 years. And within that path, I, I learned to seek out other knowledge, hidden mysteries that will liberate my soul, that will let me come into the true knowledge of self and self-awareness. So, and when masonry doesn't allow you to do that, that wants to keep the secret, that think that they have the keys to the secret, that's not true. Um, even inside the, the Christian Bible, um, Jesus, Jesus talked about, it's not meant for everyone to have the secrets to the kingdom of heaven. But you think we all should have the secrets? I believe that everyone that is on the path should have the secret to be able to liberate their soul and their family also. And here I agree with you because I think it would be better if more people were enlightened and educated and, and rational and it would be a better world overall. I, it always puzzled me that these uh, the controllers, they're doing all this stuff to drag us down, but why do we want an idiot population? And even you said in the last talk that basically you need a population of workers you're talking about these Masons acting as the ruling class. You still need a population of workers. I, for one, don't want an idiot butler or driver or something. Like, just having the world populated with people who don't know the truth seems to be a barrier for everybody's world. Yes. <laughs> Again, inside the Christian Bible, our book, it says, when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Masonry, or I should say the occult teachings of masonry, because you have to understand there's two types of masonry. You have the speculated masonry and you have the operated masonry. The operated masonry is what builds structures. The speculated masons is what builds the temple within each and every individual. Um, so when you are looking for truth, you know that you have to go with inside yourself to find the divine truth, whatever you may call it, whatever, you know, people call it God, people call it Allah, people call it Buddhas, people call it Krishna. It is what you basically believe. But most of the people will not take the time out to separate themselves from the world. So that's why, you know, I stepped away from masonry is for the simple reason being around brothers, they're not taking their time to step away from the world, to work on self, to work on self-discovery self-awareness, self-discipline. So they're not willing to give up their job. They're not willing to step away from their family for a certain time to find out who and what they are and what they're capable of doing in the world around them. 
you know, what what world that they create. So the truth is the truth with inside of them lays dormant. And there there is no um, what we call in Buddhist. There is no resurrection of the Kundalini. So a um, couple interesting things to me. Am I correct in thinking that what you're saying is that God is basically subjective? D- does masonry have a specific view of God or is it just literally whatever you believe to be the truth? Well, in order to become a Mason, you must believe in God. So the, how I say it, the, the criteria of becoming a Mason in the lower degrees is believing in that and believing in a God. But when you come into the higher degrees, you have to understand that that God that you believe in is within side of you. And through that belief in the internal God, you're able to manifest the cause because God or whatever you would like to call it is the cause of all things. So you can't put a, I know we do run around and saying, you know, God, 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 but most people don't know the foundation or even the etymology of what that meaning is. So when you get into the occult teachings or you get into the Gnostic teachings, you know, we, we use it as the, as a symbolism of your higher self. Because I'm yet to see a man manifest the creator or the cause of all things. I think I understand that. Okay. And you were talking about this discipline. And again, for maybe those who haven't heard the first interview or might need a refresher, you're obviously very, very disciplined. You did years of silence. I can't remember how many years you can tell. 12 years. 12 years of silence. 12 years of silence. That's a long time. 12 years of silence. That's very serious. And just recently, you did another meditation retreat. And I'm kind of imagining a day in the life of Dr. Tahuti uh, has a lot of meditation and kind of higher level stuff in it. I don't really picture you drinking beer and watching the football game. No, no TV. I'm uh, very disciplined. Again, if they didn't listen to the first, again, podcast, 25 countries and 122 different uh, temples. So when it comes to my life, you know, I just finished another two, three books. Yeah, just finished three books. All right, in- Writing them? Writing all in ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. So, uh, how are we supposed to read them? Oh, uh, this knowledge is this knowledge is sacred, but I do have the books uh, in English. So, what happens is that six months out of the year, I will spend writing the sacred teachings of self knowledge. Then the other six months, I will spend interpreting them and writing them in English. Are these books available? Where do we get them? Yes, they will be available uh, this year. I'm excited. Yeah, I have um, so far 43 um, scrolls that's been written. And most of the scrolls are uh, 
12 feet long. And then uh, 15 books written in uh, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, which is meditation books um, that people is able to meditate. Let's just say if you have an alcohol problem, I have a book where you can just, that's full of hieroglyphs that you can meditate and it aids and assists you to get off the alcohol. Um, I have books that if your children is uh, taking Ritalin or HDD, you know, I help that's aids these little flashcards assist them in getting off the Ritalin and get their mind back to where it needs to be. Do you have any plans to teach how to read hieroglyphs? Because you're one of the few people, yes, especially yes. in America. Yes, yes. I, I have plans to sit down with those that are willing to uh, learn the hieroglyphs and to be able to use them to, again, to help themselves and their family and the community around them. Because remember, the, the Greek word is hieroglyphs, but the comedic word is the metuneter, and those are called the holy writings. So, you know, these, the higher, the higher glyphs are not just glyphs that you just take from a book. You know, you got to really, you got to really sit, you got to really be still, and you got to listen to that inner, that inner peace, that inner mind that allows you to, again, to learn about self. So anytime I do write the hieroglyphs, they, they are for me to better myself and get closer to that divine essence. Does that power that comes from the word, does it have to be in hieroglyphs? Is it just because it's a really old language? Well, this is where all the masters, you, we have to go back 36,000 years now. See, the masters from all over from the east came to study in Egypt. This is before Christianity. This is for before Buddhism. This is before, you know, any type of written language that, well, <laughs> before any type of written language that would assist you to get into the higher consciousness of the world at that time. Are you implying that other languages might not help us reach higher consciousness? Um, no, I am not implying that. Take, for instance, being a Buddhist. Um, if you are a Buddhist, there is certain knowledge which is given to you and practices that are given to you to elevate your spirit. And in that language, if you go to that language with truth, go to, through that doctrine with truth, go through that etymology in which they have with truth, then you will be able to elevate your consciousness. But if you're just faking, if you're trying to be a Buddhist one day, but you have a power struggle with the world and going to work, paying bills, getting your children up in the morning for school, 
then you are doing half the work. So you have to be able to take yourself out of the world, whatever you may believe in, and study that higher consciousness, study that higher power. So this could work with modern languages like English too. English is a, I don't, uh, uh, what we call a, um, in the higher learning, is a bastardized language for the simple reason is one word means so many things. It doesn't get to the truth. I can say to my daughter, I love you, but turn around with the same English word and scold her for a reason that doesn't need to be scolded. So when we speak of the English language, we have to understand where it came from. Or when we speak in the English spiritual language, we know that it's more Greek. So when we say wisdom, we know that's Sophia. So then we have to we have to use that word and put it in a feminalistic um, metaphor because there is no really in English, there is no words that will get you consciously into the metaphysical realm. You always have to go back to older cultures before English was there. When their words were more precise and only meant one thing. When the words were able to stimulate the conscious mind, the higher power, your higher self. So this leads me to a related question. Was English, modern French, other languages, were they created to produce num- numerology here? I'm throwing this in as well. Were they, contro- okay. were they created to somewhat control us? Were the Bibles and stuff translated into English as a way to hide certain truths behind certain words? And what does this have to do with numerology? Was the language created to fit numerology? Or do the numerological patterns just show up naturally in the languages? Well, the pattern of the universe is full of numbers. But we have to go back to, again, the beginning of the knowledge is within inside of man. That's why it says, man, know thyself. It doesn't say man try to know the universe or man try to know the sun or man try to know the moon or any uh, or, or man try to know numbers. OK, to keep it on a uh, on a safe place, when we go back to the Romans and the Greeks, the Chaldeans, um, the Hebrews, we understand that that language and that knowledge was for a set people. OK, it was for especially going into the higher knowledge of self. That was for the those priests at that time. So those priests at that time were able to say and understand the weather pattern of the stars, astrological signs. So those numbers were meant to stimulate your higher self to be able to get away from your lower self or the things that is going on around you. Now, when we deal with those type of numerology or astrology or cosmology, we have to understand that those priests were dedicated to their craft. 
See, a priest at that time wasn't able to go into uh, having a marriage or having a children. You gave that 52 years out of the 42 years over to the priesthood to learn what the masters had learned. And it still continues today in certain sets and in certain countries. There is an underground priesthood that does not come out to, um, to this finite world. You mean literally under the earth, underground, or metaphorically? Under the, yeah, in the in the temples, you know, in e in Egypt, there's a um, place there, a location that has fifteen hundred rooms above ground and fifteen hundred rooms below ground. That's literally. a lot of rooms. That's a lot of rooms, and these this is where. Most of the masters used to be in and, and teach at that time. So now we're talking about um, six, seven, we're talking about 50, uh, 62, yeah, 6,200 years ago. How do you know the precise times? I've studied, I have the books. Okay, <laughs> so you mentioned 36,000 years earlier. Is that the age? 36,000. Is that the age of the Earth? No, Earth is Earth is uh, much more older than that. In masonry, in the higher of masonry, we talk about the sixty-six trillion years of man falling from homorphodite. Trillion years, sixty-six trillion years. Years of the fall of man. That's an unfathomable number. That's an unfathomable number. Just like our death and our death and birth, you know, is an unfathomable number, but it's very short. We're only here for a very short time. A lot of people think the Masons or the Jesuits, and a lot of people think those are kind of the same organizations. We talked about that a little bit last time. But a lot of people think that they went in and changed the Bible or wrote it for their own purposes or wrote it just for the purposes of deceiving us and stuff. So if the Masons are behind the Bible, and you can jump in if they are or not, why would they uh, allude to 6,000 years? Why, why would they hide the, the length? Wouldn't it be more impressive to have a trillion year, 66 trillion year reign? Well, you have to go off of, again, the fall of man. It's not nothing that they hid. I mean, even inside the, uh, the Bible, uh, if you want to talk about the Jesuits, the Jesuit priesthood and the masonry is two different, uh, two different belief systems there. So when you speak of the the sixty six trillion years, or when I speak of the sixty six trillion years of man falling from homorphodite, you can find that in the book of Genesis, where it talks about the separation of man and woman where it talks about uh, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so man, he created he, them. So not to go too far into it, but they secretly 
hid certain messages inside the Bible to be able to decode or only they will be able to decode what the world and the length of time that man has been here. But it's for a certain reason. But you can't leave out the the Hebrew book also. You have to put that Hebrew inside there because of the Jesuit priests learned from the Hebrew. That's where it all started anyway. How come we see so much overlap in the Jesuits and Freemasons? Can you be both? <laughs> um, the, the Jesuit priesthood don't refer to themselves as Freemasons. And nor does a Freemason able to be a Jesuit priest, not unless he is conferred over to that knowledge. And most of them are not conferred over to that knowledge because they have too many things going on in their life. Now, a Jesuit priest um, is a priest because of the length of time which he has studied. Are they different truths or is one of them wrong? Well, one deals with science and one deals with, you know, the, the hidden knowledge. One is, uh, you know, deals with occultism, metaphysics, and one, you know, deals with the metaphor, you know, the science, you know, what we can prove. It's almost like being a Gnostic and, and this, an atheist. <laughs> okay, okay. So what was the significance of 36,000 years? The, uh, the significance of 36,000 years is the, the writing dating back the temple writings on the walls in Karnak, which is in Egypt, and the tombs. That's how old and, they are. Yes, yes. We can go all the way back, um, even if you want to go back to the Sumerian writings, um, if you want to go back to the Atlanteans. But man coming out of the darkness was 36,000 years. Most people want to put a time on those pyramids, but they understand that at one time those pyramids were, well, the Sphinx was covered with water. So uh, that leads into another question. Probably one of the most popular uh, ideas right now in the conspiracy world is that there are cyclical destruction events. And uh, a lot of people are honing in on the dates of the uh, the Black Death, the, the mm -hmm. plague, as being uh, actually a, a major destruction event with you know, fire from the sky and crazy lightning storms and you know, maybe a, a solar flare that basically ended much of civilization as we know it. Do you guys have knowledge of these cycles? And are, are they true? Yes, we do have a uh, a book that talks about the cycles of life and the destruction of life. But to get to the truth, you must, you know, become that archaeologist that goes out and search. You know, we have temples off the coast of India 
in Sri Lanka that's underwater. Pyramids. We have temples off the coast of Japan that's underwater. We have uh, temples off the coast of China that's underwater. Okay. Um, we have the in South America. Most of the Amazon and the pyramids that you find there were underwater at one time. And so if you take a, let's just take, say if you, uh, and also in the Sahara Desert in Africa, you know, they found a, uh, a ocean there that has uh, bones of whales. So we know that an ocean flowed through there at one time. All over Africa, the higher the uh, the upper part of Africa. In America too, we know Utah was underwater. Utah was under Utah was underwater. Um, we have um, the Dakotas. Um, so, are we talking about one major flood here, like Noah's flood, or is this a cyclical thing? Those are cycles. Those are the twenty six thousand. Uh, year cycle. You have the 26,000 year cycle and you have the 12,000 year cycle and you have a 2,000 year cycle. Now, leading up to that cycle, those cycles is when the planetar- the planets line up. Now, once those planet line, once those planet lines up, then you'll get the, the floods. You'll get more of the fires. You'll get the the damnation of people's thinking, you know, um, and what's happening now, the wars that is going on. Those are just something that you can't get around because of the planetary lining up. And you said they're, they're lining up right now, right? Well, they're already, they started lining up in 2012. And that has and, to do with the end of the world theory thing in 2012. Uh, no, that wasn't the end of the, the world theory. What it is, is learning or understanding the the planetarials lining up to be able to let you know, giving you a warning, hey, this is what's going to be happening. There's going to be wars. There's going to be a, a father that's going to be against their own son, mother that's going to be against their own daughters. There's going to be children against their own family members. There's going to be flooding. There's going to be destruction. All of this is due to the planets lining up. 26,000 years seems a little bit long to me. Are there smaller cycles of destruction within that? Yes, there's only destructions because of the, I should say, uh, certain meteorites hitting the earth, you know, that's destruction. But when you talk about plagues and all that, that is man's uh, that is man's doing, getting away from the foundation of the creator. Well, a lot of people are saying it wasn't actually a plague. Like if you read the accounts from that time, again, they're talking about like fire in the sky and crazy lightning storms and melting, melted mountains and floods of mud. And so they're saying that uh, history was changed to call it a plague, but really it was a destruction event basically from above. Uh, no, it was, it was a plague. I mean, a plague is something when everybody dies. So when you talk about that type of 
plague, you have to understand when the Aquistadors came over to the South America, they brought that plague with them and wiped out a whole, wiped out a nation, millions of people because of that plague. So that wasn't nothing falling from the sky. There was actually people dying from that. So could they be different though? You're just saying the Black Death was literally a virus. Yes. It's interesting because one of the more popular theories in the health world now, the alternative health world, not necessarily the conspiracy world, is this thing called terrain theory, where they're blaming the major outbreaks of viruses, not bacteria, viruses. They're blaming that either on electromagnetic interference in the modern age or in past age, they're blaming it on solar flares and sunspots and the sun's energy messing with our electromagnetic everything in this world and, and causing disease outbreaks. When it comes to those theories and when it comes to truth, I stay in my my own lane. But I do, if there was someone with that type of uh, theory or knowledge, I would tell them, let's go forward. Let's go, you know, toe to toe. You bring your knowledge, you bring your theory, and I'm going to bring mine. And let's see which one is right. See, because if you speak of these theories and you speak of that, you should be able to heal any individual that is sick from these plagues. But you say you basically can heal with the power, especially with hieroglyphs. That was a big part of our conversation last time where you've had some remarkable... I don't doubt doubt what I'm capable of doing. I know what I'm capable of doing. But wouldn't that be an environmental effect causing the so-called virus? How is, how is writing hieroglyphs helping somebody psychologically their sickness? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I have nothing to do with the, the, the hieroglyphs, the metronetter has nothing to do with the environment. This is spiritual. But I mean the environment of the person, doesn't it physically change the cells, the DNA of the person? No, this is, again, we're talking spiritual. When you say DNA, you are talking the 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 you know we're talking their blood type. We're talking about the the um, the how should I say it? The melanin, the serotonin. You know, we're talking about the physical the the physical structure of man. I'm talking about the spiritual structure. I'm talking about the pineal gland. So, do you know how? your spiritual <laughs> therapy affects the human in their physical reality? How does it get them to lose weight? Is it all psychological, spiritual? It's not giving an actual physical change? It's giving a physical change, but it's also giving a more spiritual um, knowledge of who they are. They're tapping into... I'm able to allow people or help people to tap into their spiritual side. Versus if you give them a pill, that is not tapping into their spiritual side, but giving them some type of a side effect that goes along with that pill. So I I know, I believe and agree that um, the placebo response, your inborn ability to heal, is the most powerful thing. It's the most powerful tool that you have. I mean, we sell supplements and there's lots of healing herbs and there's lots of things that you can do to lower your stress, including meditation that you do. And there's all that stuff. But um, 
I know that your own inborn ability to heal is the most powerful thing that you should tap into. So is that kind of what you're doing here? That's what I, that's what I do. Everybody don't have the capability of, of doing that. And I, I mean, please understand, we can give all types of supplements to the individual to heal their, their physical nature, but they can also relapse in that physical nature. So we're only helping them with the physical side and not the spiritual side, because you can take a pill one day and still have a problem with your husband or your wife the next day. And here's the stress again. So would you have to learn how to get rid of all the stress inside your life? And in order to do that, you must, you must be willing to make a sacrifice. And most people are not willing to make a sacrifice in their life to receive that spiritual knowledge. And you make this sacrifice. You don't sit around enjoying Netflix or... No, that's what I don't do. No, I don't have time to put that type of finite, ugly, I, I should say ugly stuff in, into my mind when... I know my purpose. And that's what's going on with our, our, our children now. We have children at what, four years old now, three years old on computers, mm -hmm. playing games, nothing to do with their spirituality, nothing to try to get them closer to who and what they are. But then again, we have children that are born geniuses. So you have to be able to separate the two. Why is this child not born a genius and this child over here is born a genius with IQ of Einstein? So that's a whole different subject of death, burial, and resurrection and, and reincarnation. All right, quick break here while I tell you about my favorite bookstore, thriftbooks.com. And I'm genuinely excited to have an affiliate link with them. I buy almost all of my books off thriftbooks.com after many years of using actual thrift stores to buy most of my books, thriftbooks.com is a huge relief. I almost always find what I'm looking for, and since I am mostly looking for older books, they tend to be a really great deal. Almost always it's the best price, and many times it's the only place that I can find the books. I've got just over 100 books in my wish list, and 95 of them are in stock right now. With a $15 order or more, you get free shipping. Really great. Only in the USA, though, unfortunately. Free shipping in the USA, $15 or more order. And you get points, which add up to free books, which is my favorite thing ever. They got all these specials with extra points for certain things. And yeah, every few orders, basically, I get a free book. Got a free book on my birthday, which is a one-way ticket to my heart. So I highly recommend thriftbooks.com. And I don't have a discount code for you. I asked them for one and they said, we already have the best prices, basically. Which is an answer I respect. But I do have a link where I will get a commission. 3% if you're a new customer and 2% if you're a returning customer. Which isn't much, but it sounds great to me. I'm happy to promote thriftbooks.com in any case. And I would appreciate it if you did use my link. It is in the description. And now we can get back to the episode. So I spend a lot of time working. I don't spend very much time with entertainment or pleasure. But right. I'm, I'm imagining that you wake up and your top priorities are all having to do with your self, um, spirituality, and 
you know, like you don't have a probably a list of errands that you have to do. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just pictured no, that. No, yeah. Yeah. This is your top priority is your own mental world, your spiritual world, your your elevation, your knowledge. 3.30, 3.30 in the morning, every morning for the last 13, 14 years now. What's with They're the 3.3.3? Not... Three, three, three? <laughs> uh, um, it's a mystic number that goes along with the vibration of the atmosphere of the moon and the earth combining together. Every day at 3.33 a.m. Every day at 3.30, yes. Every day at 3.30. And I do hydrotherapy, which I drink water. So before I even do my prayers, I may drink about 12 ounces of water. And I do that every... The first, at 3.30, I do the 12 ounces. Then at 4 o'clock, I'll do 4 ounces. Then at Five o'clock, I'll do three ounces of water. Then I'll start back over at 12 o'clock. Is this a special type of water or just tap water? Uh, I, I filter the water. Yeah. So you're on top of yourself physically, too, it looks like. I mean, the first interview was quite startling to me. And lots of people, even though they only listened to the audio, they couldn't see you. I was totally expecting just something completely different. We think of Freemasonry like these all these signs and symbols, all these controlling events and fake events, we see them as like evil, right? We see all the Satanism that the <laughs> music and the movies are promoting. So I was totally thrown off because that just doesn't seem to be what you're about at all. And yet the same organization produced these like diametrically opposite styles of going about your life. Because you have, again, you have occult teachings inside Freemasonry. But those are, again, privileged only to certain people. And those certain people want to control what is around them. And when you give that part of you over to that, there is no, there is no coming back. You're in. Once you cross that door, you're in. It's just like leaving out of your house. When you, when you open up that door to leave out your house, you are subject to everything that is going to come at you in the universe, in that world. So masonry, which is hidden in the context of those that are elevated in the higher degrees, in the occult teachings, they do not... Uh, we're forbidden to talk about it because it brings on a certain um, light to others and it brings on a certain evil to others. Most people, most of the higher masonry want to keep people in the dark because to be exposed truly of what they do is you bring very bad harm to yourself. So how come you can talk about all this stuff without consequence? I'm not worried. Uh, again, um, I don't try to. I don't try to boast myself, but I write 
ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. And not to go too far in it, I'm not too worried about what I do. I, I write and I can see things coming before they get to me, years out. Is it the hieroglyphs that somehow tell you what, what's coming? I write them before they get I write it before I get before it gets to me. Before any type of trouble, before any type of evilness of the world comes my way, I already know what's coming. So, so you write I write them for out. protection. It is it, yes, for protection. I don't I, I don't really worry about too many too many things. I don't. I'm not scared of death. I'm not you know, I, I live my life the way I, I live it and I protect myself. So if a Mason was to come to me and say, hey, we heard that you're giving out secrets. Are we, well, hey, I used to be one of you brothers, but I, I can promise you that if you try to do anything to me, any harm, there's going to be some consequences spiritually. I do not. I don't not, When it comes to that, I don't hold my tongue. That's why I focus on the inner peace and practice the yoga, practice the Buddhism. And I think this is part of spiritual ele elevation in the first place anyways. I also genuinely am not scared of, of dying or really of even being harmed just at all. Like truly not scared of it and it's very relieving. I Let me see here. I wanted to show you. Can you can you see this? Yes. You can. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is this book here is a month take me 30 days. This here Can you see that? Yep. Okay. This tells the individual that is getting ready to read this book the harm that will come to them if their knowledge is not where it should be. If they're just not, if they're just here are trying to use this book to harm somebody, then they're going to, they really going to harm themselves. That is all in hieroglyphs, if you can see. And those hieroglyphs come from you? You download yes. them from the ether? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. This is, book is called The Mystic Hands. You see that? Yes. Okay. I've never seen any actual hieroglyphs look like that. Uh, for the audio people, we're looking at a bunch of smaller hieroglyphs like you would expect, but then a large part of the pages are, are taken up with these hand gestures. Yes, it's called The Mystic Hands. It's like the sacred sign language. And some of those symbols I don't think I've ever seen before. So are these hand signals that you can use? Yes. Are they only if, used to signal someone else or are they used for spiritual purposes yourself? They're used for spiritual purposes. Okay. So like in what situation would you use the hand gesture that we're looking at with the thumb uh, in between your four fingers? Okay, this one, this one here is Taurus. 
This is the Taurus sign. This is also astrology. This is cosmology. So this is the sign of Taurus. So now this sign, this right here is stubbornness. So what would be the practical application of using that? To control um, your discipline of not your, your temperance. So if you find yourself getting too hot and bothered by something. You just pull the, yeah, you could pull these out. Yeah. And it lets you, uh, again, most of them has the, the serpent. You're showing me the fingers crossed. Now, a lot of people yes. associate that with Masons being like, I'm not telling the truth kind of thing, right? Or someone will cross their fingers behind their back if they're telling a lie as a superstition thing. Is, okay. is, that, is that related here? This is No, this is crossing over from the physical to the spiritual. That is what this scarab is right here. So you do that signal when you want to enter the spiritual this signal uh this right here is Gem uh this is gemini this is a sign of gemini uh as we know some gemini's they can be you know one minute they're one way the next minute they're another way mm -hmm. two-faced right so this is uh, the astrology sign for for gemini but for a personal aspect it's a sign of again going back to discipline how come you used gemini instead of janus isn't it janus well this uh, i use gemini because i i'm probably speaking to an english speaking uh audience but if this is egyptian so i would use kephra that is these are kephra Okay. So you've got to just uh, download these from the ether, write them down as symbols, and then spend the next six months translating them into English. Yes. Well, I can, I can write. I, I, I know exactly what they're saying. This symbol here, it's like the devil horn thing. This one right here is um, Scorpio. You see a lot of rock stars doing that and stuff. Everyone says it's a devil symbol. Yes, it's not a uh, it's not a devil symbol because you got to realize who and what the devil is. Okay, most people they are their own devil. They create their own havoc. They create their own chaos. So when we speak of the devil, that is only a sign to allow individuals know or the world when people do that they feel that that is the sign of the illuminati or the sign of the goat which if you run in that circle it's only letting the individual when you do the sign letting them know who you are and what you're about and that you believe in what they believe in that same sign that i showed you you can use in a courtroom. You can stop court proceedings with that sign. If you're in the higher, if you're in the higher knowledge.
How will somebody know if you're in the higher knowledge or not? Like, I say I'm in court. I throw the devil symbol. I'm just calling it the devil symbol just because that's what okay. we're used to thinking, okay. of, or the goat symbol. I throw that up. How do they know I'm not a 33 degree Mason? Well, not all Masons, not all Masons throw that symbol up. And if we do throw that symbol up, there's another symbol that goes with it in the palm of our hand. So we can use we can use two fingers, okay? Or we can use, which I have inside there, you can use the top of your hand coming over it, covering it. And that means that I'm hiding, I'm hiding your secrets. I know who you're about. I know what you're about. Well, couldn't but I just learn all, all? Couldn't I learn all these and then impersonate a mason, get myself out of court? Um, no, because when you try to do that in a courtroom, the judge is going to tell the bailiff to escort you to the chambers. And there's, certain, yeah, there's certain signs and symbols and a talk that you're going to be have to talk. And if you don't know how to talk, they're going to know that you're a fake and a fraud. All right, fair enough. I can I can see this. So you you said very clearly you're not afraid of consequences of speaking whatever you want to say, and you've been very clear about telling us what you want to say, and I'm sure leaving stuff out that you don't want to say. But have you ever had a talking to or anything? Like I know you're not afraid of them, but has anyone been like, hey, you know, Doctor Tahuti, you're giving out our secrets. We don't like this. Um, not in that manner, but they come to me and say, brother. You know what you're what you're saying is against one of the laws and oath that we take in masonry, never to reveal any signs, secrets, or points of Freemasonry. And you took so, that oath. Yes, I, I've I've taken that oath. So you don't feel that you're doing something wrong by breaking it. Once you have the knowledge of self and once you see, it's like giving a child a book and then once they reach 23, 24 years old, they find out that the book is a lie. Now you got to question and go back and begin to question why were you teaching this the whole time and it was a lie. It never helped me to elevate who I was it never helped me to elevate my 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 mother or my my daughter or my son. You mean the it secrecy was, never helped you? The secrecy, right? So you think that's so, a false teaching? Um, when it comes to trying to elevate, yeah, your family, yeah, this is more of a um, a society that. Is based on again what you can what you can get what you can receive. You know so, it doesn't it doesn't give you no no real light to the truth because it's been hidden. So you're following like, your heart and your gut, and you're not going to let Freemasonry tell you what you can and cannot do. That's what's not going to happen until my last breath. I will be giving that that knowledge of self. 
Are there other things other than this uh, secrecy? I know you have several problems with uh, the way that Freemasonry is being practiced a lot, but do you think there's anything else in their core teachings that you have such a strong disagreement with? Hide, I, I would say hiding behind religion. You know, in certain aspects of, in certain degrees, you know, you take your oath on the Bible, you take your oath on the Quran. Uh, yeah, there's you're hiding behind religion. You're, you're faking, you're fake, you're, you're, you're a fraud, and you use religion to, you know, to try to bamboozle the people into thinking that you really are living who you are. You're living the life that you're supposed to be living. So you don't practice any specific religion? No, I now so more meditated on um, on the practice of you know Buddhism. That's the 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 spiritual part of Buddhism in the practice. A lot of us do think of uh, Freemasonry as being yes, using the religions as as a front, but we definitely don't think of it as a Buddhist organization. No. No, no. There's, there's Buddhists are not uh, Freemason. They're just with the we're with the higher knowledge of self and the the discipline and the love. You know, again, it, it all boils down to love. If you love yourself, why would you harm somebody that's next to you? If you truly love yourself, why would you try to harbor secrets that would enable? your next brother or your next akin to live a, a good life also spiritually. So it, it, it all boils down to love. So many of your brothers are doing the exact opposite of this. Do you confront them about it? Is there any internal conflict here in Freemasonry? Like, Hey, we should actually be doing good. I talk to the brothers about what they should do. But when it comes down to my spirituality, I do not allow that to be a deterrence on my purpose here on this uh, on this rock here. They're going to do whatever they want to do anyway, regardless of what I say. So long as that long as they don't meet me at my door, I am fine with that. Obviously, people like you are a minority in the Freemason world. Does that worry you? In what way? Well, do you have children? Yeah. Are you worried that they're being brought up in a world that's being dominated by these people who are using the teachings of Freemason to uh, enslave humanity, keep humanity down? They have to uh, live in that world too, right? Yeah, they got to live in that world. My children are about that knowledge. <laughs> yeah so, so they're going to be protected because of what you've taught children. them my children are older they're in their okay. 30s yeah so, so they are already protected yeah because you've taught them the right way to use the knowledge yes yes okay so i guess that does answer the question clearly there is a concern that it is creating a weird weird world for those of like you said we, we want to help the people that we love it's a better world for ourselves so Yes, well, it's like, um, let's say, 
you have more singers out here and rappers that want to be a part of the Illuminati that holds up the sign. But then when you turn around, they're still killing each other <laughs> over music. They're still allowing themselves to be hypocritical when they should be trying to give out good knowledge to our younger children. But mainly and most of it is profanity, you know, degrading. So and let's pick up on this. Right before we started, I was commenting on your heavy-duty gold chain that you're wearing. Yes. Audio, audio listeners, it looks like a rapper's chain, but cooler, actually. It's got the pyramids on each link. And uh, he said it was solid gold. And when I commented on it, it looks like uh, the rappers are copying the Masons. He said, <laughs> he said, yeah, the rappers are are wannabes. So this is a weird situation. They want to be in the club, but they don't have the knowledge. They're acting like they have the knowledge or that they want the knowledge. But the way they're trying to get in the club is by throwing up all this devil stuff. Like, I don't really get what's going on here. Well, they're... Well, you have to go back to the industry. You know, any way, if you got an individual that's rapping and degrading their own culture or putting down their own culture or cussing and putting down the women, of course they're going to promote that. They're going to promote anything that's going to take you away from your spirituality and keep you stagnated to your growth. So, when they want to belong to these clubs, it starts with the industry. You know, you have a lot of, you know, rappers out there that are part of the Freemason, but only because of their want to be able to get out of certain things and be able to have certain things. They think it's, the, it's cool to be in it. And the majority, I would say only maybe 2%, if that is affiliated with the, the masonry. Or if they went to college, they are affiliated with the, um, with the Greek letter fraternity. And those are like subsidiaries of Freemasons. Oh, yes. Yes. And it's surprising that there are several uh, rappers who do not even look literate, yet they have college degrees. That's a very interesting thing. And right. They they go on to act like an idiot and yeah, of course, dumb us all down with their with their dumb music. That very interesting. So these rappers are not actually ever going to attain enlightenment and they're probably not even trying to do that. They're just trying to get into the power club. Yes. Yeah. They will never take a time out of their even with all the money that they have, they would never take time out to go travel to any temple, to sit with any Buddhist monk or any master to gain that enlightenment at all. So they won't be taken seriously by people of your status within Freemasonry no. at all? None whatsoever. So is it, they're selling their soul for nothing. Is, is it literally selling your soul? Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly what you're doing. And that's exactly what they do. They will never be able to uh, bust that the pineal gland, what we call the um, the acorn. 
you know, to be able to receive that spiritual knowledge. So you didn't sell your soul? No. Even when you took your oaths and stuff, like it was all for the for the higher up stuff, the Illuminate. I was at that time, I was 20. Um, I came into masonry at 21. At that time, I was still in darkness and seeking that knowledge. Again, my father was, uh, I came in, my father was a mason. My grandfather was a mason. So it was my understanding to follow into that, that foot trap. But actually, I, when I became more knowledgeable and more understanding, I began to move away from it because it wasn't something that uh, my soul or my spirit identified with. And we talked about that last time. You kind of took what you wanted from Freemasonry and left the rest. Yes. You told a story last time about how some ladies came up to you downtown Detroit and they had something to do with recruiting you, but you you already were expected to be a Freemason if your father and grandfather were. What, what was the relevance of those ladies? Um, that was in Detroit. That was in 1994. I was walking downtown Woodard. Uh, there was uh, four ladies that came up. They had some books, pamphlets that they were handing out. Um, and they belonged to a also a, a set of the Egyptian mystery system. But at that time, I did not know. Um, Sister Wisdom, Sister Truth, Sister Temperance, Sister Prudence, those were the names that they went by. And they found me to be worthy of that knowledge in which they were given, that they were given out. Not only that, they took me to their head person at that time, um, to the Kabaz Cultural Center. And I met with him and really he's the one that said, okay, yeah, you, there's a part of you that is a uh, very spiritual and this is the path that you, you should take. So that was alongside your normal journey into freemasonry right yes okay um bit of a related question to what we were talking about with the rappers and stuff so we can all see how a rapper or any entertainer or something would embrace freemasonry for the benefits the financial benefits the commercial benefits but uh -huh. you in our hours speaking so far you haven't mentioned having to do anything to earn a living. And you've mentioned this idea that a Freemason can walk the earth and get basically anywhere for free. So how does this work? This is just kind of a very practical question. Are you paid for being a three, uh, 33 degree Freemason? Do they pay you for appearances? You, you got this big gold chain on that's probably worth as much as my house. Did they just give it to you? Did you ever have to work yeah. a regular job? Yeah, I've worked a regular job. Uh, I worked for Chrysler as a production supervisor. But that was right at the beginning when you were first getting that was initiated. At, yeah, that was at the beginning. Yeah, I haven't worked for nobody in maybe 30 years. Like, do you 25, just get... About 25 years. Do you just get money put into your bank account? Or, like, how does this work? No, I, as a priest, we don't deal... I, I'm not allowed, for me, to have money because it's still part of the world. I am financially taken care of. All those years going through the priesthood and going through different temples, I've earned the right to have certain things. 
So I, I yes, I don't I don't punch in for nobody. I, I yes, I am taken care of. So is it like the the lower levels in masonry that have to pay into it? They have to pay their dues or something, and then, and then it goes you to are, the people like you. No, 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 no. No one, no Freemason pays me. Um, Freemasons don't pay each other. They do got to pay their dues on each degree. Each degree is is more. You know, as an inner apprentice, you know, you may pay $150. As a fellow craft, you may pay another 200 some dollars. As a master mason, you may pay another $300. As a fourth degree mason, fifth degree mason, each step you are paying something to be able to receive booklets, aprons, uh, and hardware that goes along with that degree. So you're in a higher degree, so wouldn't you have to pay higher dues, or it's just specifically oh once you become a priest? I pay no dues to no man. You when know, I have, I have this on just to let you know who I used to be and what I'm about. And this is what they do where. You know, when they out, not so much out in public, but when be what we call behind the closed doors or behind the closed aprons. This validates you as being at a certain degree. So when I give, say somebody gives me a call and wants to give a lecture, yes, they will write a check out, but they don't write it out to me. Do they write it out to your branch or your temple? No, they, I have. I also have an organization, like a corporation or a charity. I have a corporate. Yes. Okay. It's pretty complicated. I, I'm interesting because it looks like a lot of the higher ups just don't seem to care about money at all. And we, why, why should we? Why, why I should say, why should I care about money when everything that I've done? These 12 years, the 12 years of silence, I have been blessed. So if I'm going to make a sacrifice of staying out of the world for that many or just my life period, the knowledge and the path that I'm on, I know that later on down the road, I will be blessed. Like talking to you, I'm blessed talking to you. I understand the knowledge and your background and where you come from. So talking to you is a blessing. Imagine if I wasn't on that path, me and you would have never crossed whatsoever. I appreciate you saying that. I feel funny on my end being flattered. Honestly, I told you the first time that it's kind of like speaking to the enemy. It's it's weird. It's a weird situation. I've never spoken to uh, anybody in the major high up in the controlling club here i don't even know what it is right i've never been invited to an illuminati party or anything like that so right it is a bit strange i still don't really understand why you want to talk to us but you did answer that you can be invited willingly or unwillingly to those parties depending on the information in which you give out i'm hoping my they they don't invite me i don't want to go yeah yeah yeah. you know i'm only scratching the the surface, because when you begin to get really into masonry, you begin to get into the occultism. You get begin to get into rituals, certain things that you got to do to sell your soul, certain things you got to go out and do to your own family members. 
So yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a real, it's, it's a real uh, dark secret organization. But you didn't have to do that stuff. No, I uh, I removed myself when it got close to crossing that line. So again. Uh, I've been initiated in eight different orders, Masonic orders, you know, the Rosicrucians, you know, I've studied that. I've, um, the order of Machelzadak priesthood, um, the Madame Bavalsky, her teachings, I went through and got initiated in that. The Golden Dawn, I got initiated in that. So, yeah, I've been not just Freemason. I've been through all the occultism to be able to receive the knowledge in which I have now because you got to be able to decipher the truth. So my path led me down that path. Everybody's not prone to go down that path. In the last recording, you had kind of implied that you were more or less in the room when some of these evil things were happening, what were you doing in the room if you were just steering clear of the whole thing? Well, one of the incidents was they invited me. They found out that I was in town. And so my thing was, I thought it was going to be a pure initiation. So when it's a, what we call a pure initiation, that means that you are elevating one brother from one degree to the next degree. So as in when I did go into the room, gave the proper knock to be able to enter into the room. And during the proceeding of the initiation, when the head person told the individual that he would have to strip of clothes, I... I, I, I just couldn't get with that. And so me being at the degree that I'm at and me being an Egyptian priest, I'm able to stop all proceedings of any initiation. I don't care what order you're in. If you invite me to your temple and I see that that temple is not regulated or governed by truth, I can stop it. And so that's what I did. I stopped the whole procedure. Have you been present for any of these like sacrifices, orgies and weird stuff we hear? Um, I have not been present. I have been invited. And a couple of them I refused and a couple of them I have stepped outside the door and got into the car and the people drove me off. I probably would have done that as well. Yeah. That's why I'm saying you have to, um, there's certain blood sacrifices, there are certain sacrifices that you, when you're up in Hollywood, that you sign your name with your own, your own stuff, you know? So do you think any of those are necessary at all, or just something that people have made up? No, it's something to keep your mouth, it's not made up, something to keep your mouth shut. 
that is one of the main theories that they make, especially these rappers, these want these people who want to be in the club, they make them do all these crazy stuff you wouldn't even believe and get right. on camera just to blackmail them. To, to shut them up. So you can never speak or that video gets released. You can never, you can never speak of the organization or anything again. Yes. And some people oh, have so- spoken about it, but it doesn't seem to make it anywhere. No one does anything well, about yeah, it. They speak about it. Some of them come up sick. You know, if you want to theorize, you know, like Jamie Foxx, you know, he came up sick. <laughs> you know, we got certain people that really come up sick. Can we jump into Jamie Foxx for a second? He recently okay. did this movie about clones and mm-hmm. the conspiracy world jumped all over that. And even before that, they were speculating what happened to Jamie Foxx. He looks different all of a sudden. He looks like he's been cloned. You believe in this? Do you know anything about this cloning? Um, in that aspect, again, I stay in my, uh, I stay in my own lane. There are some organizations out there, some scientists that, that are out there that are private that do deal with the government that, uh, are beginning to branch off into, into that, into that way of life. Well, people are theorizing that this has been happening for quite a while. Um, you can go back until, uh, 2009, 2010. That's it? Uh, yeah, if you want to speak of those that's walking around. Okay. Other than that, it's, uh, experiment inside the, the laboratory. But you're implying that this is real. They are cloning people. I'm implying that there are individuals out there that are able to do certain things. So Jamie Foxx has been replaced. I don't know if Jamie Foxx has been replaced. Um, Jamie Foxx took a very, uh, what we say, a, a humpty dumpty, a very bad fall. And all the king horsemen and all the king's men couldn't put him back together again. So, yeah, he's... Um, He'll he'll be going through some trials and tribulations in uh, in a few few months. And it appears his uh, his head tattoo has mysteriously vanished as well. Yes. <laughs> okay, I appreciate appreciate your semi frankness here. <laughs> it's very interesting. So if they step out of line at all, they could just be replaced. They can be replaced real real fast. Within 24 hours. And those people are all pawns. They're not real masons. They're just pawns. Does being a real mason protect you from that punishment? Yes. Yes. If you are, if you are true to who you say you are and you have climbed the ladder, if you have climbed Jacob's ladder, then yes, those angels that is coming down from Jacob's ladder will protect you. Your answers are going to surprise some people because 2009 is not very far away. And yet a big part of the conspiracy world is uh, hypothesizing that this cloning program goes back quite a long time. And they're they're showing pictures of any celebrity you name, whether it's Taylor Swift or Matthew McConaughey or, or Jamie Foxx. And they're finding older pictures of people in history in the 1800s or early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And it looks yes. just just like them. And they're speculating that, hey... 
you know, there's not that many figures were given in history. So a lot of people assume that almost all of them are Masons. For example, I'm in Canada. There's not much history of Canada. I've read the history of Canada in several books. There's only a few characters that come up again and again. And invariably, most of them are officially Masons. And I assume the rest of them were too. Just saying that there isn't that many pictures of people in history. Or even during like the Civil War and stuff, you see lots of people with their hand in their jacket. And we're saying that it looks like a lot of the characters that we've been given in history, both from books and uh, generals that lead wars and then people that we get pictures of, because not every civilian had a picture taken of them until the 20th century, that, right. um, that they were Masons. They're speculating that they were Masons. Like the whole Civil War is just a, a show, a theater put on by Masons, but then they're finding pictures of some of those soldiers and being like, hey, that looks like this celebrity in the 20th century. But that looks like this celebrity now. So you're saying this, there's no truth to this? Just coincidence. Well, it's, it, it could be a coincidence, but you can't clone somebody when they're coming out their mother's womb. Okay, so, you know, you you have to... Um, it all Again, it all depends on what food chain you've You've come down, you know, really colony did. Well, that part, um, anytime they ask for your blood, your DNA, you know, going back to what you talk about, your DNA, get your blood. You know, you go out and you find your ancestors. They want to uh, take a blood type and you send it out. You don't know where it's going, what laboratory it's going, you know. So you have that. You have that part. Then you have the part of uh, uh, the reincarnation which I told you that's a whole different subject, which if I can show you, this is what this represents. This is solid brass. I think I asked that last time. So you do be believe in reincarnation? Yes. If, you, if you're at that knowledge, if you have received that divine knowledge and move forth through the ethers into your next life. What happens if you don't? Then you'll you'll be stagnated. You'll be back again. That's why the ancient Kemetic or the ancient Egyptians believed in that um, the afterlife. You know, you can even go to the Greeks. You know, the uh, the Acacia field. You know, that's why they say, "I'll see you in the next life." Do you believe this is a literal next plane similar to this one or totally different? Yes. You have uh, you have some masters in certain countries that are able to lay this body down and come out of it. <laughs> and go back into their body or go on to the next realm? No, they can go on to the next realm, come on back to the body. Again, that's a different subject. <laughs> yeah, it's my practice. Um, let's see. I went to bed in 2017 at my house. I think you remember. I I fell asleep. I went to bed doing my meditation, doing some things, and it was. October the 21st of 20, I'm sorry, 
Let me see who's on Washington. So that was 2016. Went to sleep in my own bed doing meditation. And I asked a certain visual to make sure that I stay where I'm at. Don't worry about me. And when I woke up, I was in the community hospital. And asking the uh, doctors, you know, why am I here? Who moved my body? Hey, check this out. They had these things hooked up to me. I pulled them all off. I said, I'm out of here. I don't know what you guys are doing, but uh, I'm gone. See you later. That was it. So, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've practiced that type of mantra. That's what it is, a, a mantra? Yeah, when you, when you go deep into it. Now, you started this off by saying you want to share this knowledge. So how come you're being weird about <laughs> opening up about this? I want to do this mantra. I think that you've already done it, but you've done it unwillingly. What does that mean? Unwillingly means that you didn't know that you've done it. So you got willingly and unwillingly consciousness. So you have done it unwillingly, meaning that you have been somewhere in your life that you didn't know how you got there. And you did it either through a dream of a manifestation in your life. I would say it happened to you. Now I'm reading you. So now I say you're far away from me. So this happened to you about five years ago, five to six years ago. You had a mantra and that changed your whole perspective of life. Not only did that, if we can go back at least eight years ago, it changed your perspective on the whole life of who you are. So there's a part of you that is still searching. You still want it, but there's also a part that you haven't given up something inside of your life yet. That's making you stagnating and holding you back. So you're freaking me out here. Well, I, I told you what I do. I can tell you everything. You're so far away. I can tell you everything about your life, brother. So, and, so that, let's... Is that, that is something that is uh, close to me and you. You know, I would not do that. That's something that I do not do. Uh, over the air, I do stuff like that face to face, but I give you a little bit of information and a little bit of ability of what I'm capable of doing. Last time we talked, uh, you were talking about writing um, hieroglyphs and, and I was mentioning that, yeah, in personal development, we're taught to write down our goals and, and taught to write things down in order to make uh, them reality. And you basically called me out without hesitation. You said, yeah, you know that, but you don't practice it, do you? And so I'm admitting here that it's been quite a while since I've actually written down my goals. I used to do it, but it's been quite a long time. So it did, uh, it kind of pierced me at that point. So this guy, you know, he's he's not going to, um, he's going to see it. He's going to see what's there. So yeah, it's true that I wasn't, I wasn't writing down my own manifestations at that time. How do, you, how do you see these things? It's just you're sensing them? Um, no, I can see you. You couldn't see me last time, though. I wasn't on camera. I couldn't could see you last time, but it was going through um, the way that you talked, certain words that you use. 
lets me know how far along you are in your childhood. And what I mean by childhood, your ability to come into the knowledge, the sacred knowledge. Okay. So before you were saying with this unwilling mantra that I may have said that I, I yes. left my body and I showed up somewhere. Yes, you actually, I would put that the ancestors, your ancestors, those ancestors, even my ancestors, me, when we're on this path, ancestors do not change. It's not a black ancestor. It's not a white ancestor. It's not a Japanese ancestors. It's the ancestors of the hidden knowledge that comes to you, that still remains on certain planes that we with finite minds cannot see. But only through our mental aspect and through our mental evaluation of the hidden consciousness do we see this and do we feel this. You have been through that. Again, unwillingly. You have called upon and you have prayed on certain knowledge that you want, but it's not coming your way because of the stagnation. There is still part of you that has one foot in the world and one foot out. So straddling that fence. For quite a lot of my life, I think I had, had both feet out. Maybe maybe I'm not correct on that, but you mentioned that I have uh, more to sacrifice, but I spent a lot of life with literally nothing. I was homeless for a lot of my 20s, and now I have gained a little bit of material stuff and and a wife and stuff that I care about, you know, is what do I have to sacrifice? You. You there has to be a spiritual sacrifice. You're you're married, which that is fine. And our as a um, as a priest they say a man that is not married with no children is doomed. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that child to carry on that spiritual that spiritual knowledge when you leave this. And the wife is to learn about the feminine part and nature of yourself. Men, we all cry. You know, there's, you know, women are clairvoyant and telepathy. So they deal with those seven senses. While men, we are still working on the five senses. So when you say about marriage, there has to be a marriage with inside yourself also with that God with inside of you, with that higher learning, with that higher knowledge. When you wake up in the morning, you must be able to kiss your God with the met- being that being a metaphor is be able to kiss your higher power. And know that that higher power has you. Excuse me in its best interest, only to lead you down the path of righteousness and down the path of enlightenment. You consider having a child to sacrifice itself? It all depends on if you are, how long, again, how far you are in your development. Because I don't have a kid. That's, that's true. You will but- have one. Well, I've heard that said that you're not a you're not a real man until you have a kid 
not just well, it's, uh, not, it's not so much a real man but the spirituality to carry one on i would give you a couple of years a fully developed person basically no i would give you a couple of years until you have a, a child okay yeah okay. Now i'm 99.99 right you know, it's only become recently that that thought finally doesn't scare me. That would throw me out of my seat a couple of years ago. Right. But you're ready for it now. You you at a time now that you've seen the light already. You know what darkness is, been there and done that. When you speak of, of homelessness, I've been there and done that. Most people think that I just came across this knowledge and I went to college and all. No, before that, I, again, I've been there where you've been. I've been homeless before. But it was for me to learn about life and the struggles of life. Kind of like the Buddha went into voluntary poverty. Yes, in a sense, yes. I truly think I learned more from poverty than from anything else, to be honest but I, I still did have a little bit of an ego coming out of it. And I had this question for you too. What do you, what do you think about the ego as part of the spiritual journey, getting rid of it? Well, now you're using the theory of which part of the ego are you using? You using Jung's theory? Are you using the Gnostic theory of the ego? Are you using the, the, um, Buddhist theory of the ego? Are you using the Greek theory? You know, you have to understand the ego. When we talk about, let's go 600 BC. When we speak about the, the ego or the consciousness of man, we're only speaking about the spirit and the soul. So in order for you to understand the ego, again, you must understand the teachings. And most of those teachings came from the hermetic teachings. So um, the ego is, I will put it to, I will go with junk theory of the psychology. The ego is something that you cannot get a, a rid of because it's part of your self-awareness. It's the driving force that makes your character stand out amongst other people. If you, you have are, to stand out? What if you don't care? Even if you don't care, it is still your ego that is talking to you. Subconscious, unconscious. It's like when you're dreaming and you have a dream. Is it your ego dreaming? and you're in a battle, and you're in your dream, and you're running away, when you stand there and fight, is it your ego that's standing there and fighting in your dream? Or is it a, a dream that that is coming to surface while you were coming through the planetarium inside your mother's womb? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. See, you know, the ego is not, the ego has only come to the understanding when you, when you are being taught certain things. What is good? What is bad? You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. If you take a newborn child, never put that child around anybody, no TV, no nothing, don't know how to talk, and you leave them out there, what ego does he have but an animalistic, a nature of survival? Until that child is able to talk and learn certain things, does the ego set in? You must be taught. So it's a, it's an inadvertently a thing of recognition. Just like your soul, just like your spirit. If you never known about truth or reality or, or anything and you're not around by how you know what the soul is, how you know what the truth is, how you know what the spirit is. Only thing you have is intuition. I used so to care very deeply about what other people thought and what I looked like and who I was going to be and what my legacy was going to be and all this stuff. And I find myself thankful that I just no longer care about most of that stuff. Does Is, is that good to you? Do we, should we that be is, concerned about what happens in this world? You should, you should only be concerned about the immediate world in which you cipher in. Like your listeners, you should be concerned about what you put in their ear. Because some can be stagnated and some can fulfill a growth with inside of them that can go further in their life. Okay, so for me, I just basically stay in the world in which I am comfortable in. And that means I don't have to rely on trying to elevate this person consciously if I know that in a few weeks they're going to be back doing the same thing. It's not for me to judge, but I don't waste that energy. I keep that energy for myself or I keep that energy for the children because the children are, again, our future. Let me ask you this. To get to this level of enlightenment, and I'm wondering if Freemasonry uses drugs at all. Did you, did you ever have to use like mushrooms or DMT or peyote or something to reach the, these same conclusions that it seems a lot of people have on drugs? I've studied with some shamans. I've got initiated in the um, in the shaman world on the reservation in Michigan. I studied with some shamans in Mexico. I've studied with some shamans in uh, Arizona. I've studied with some high priests in India. 
So I've I know about those substance earlier in my um, my travels. Been there, done that. Did it help, or does it drag us down, lower our vibration? It all depends on what knowledge and what branch of knowledge you are trying to entertain. Too much of anything is bad for your health spiritually. Mm -hmm. So if you go into that to gain access to the knowledge, then you're good. You're good to go. You get in, you get out. My spirituality came from, again, the Dogons, the tribe, the Dogon tribe. So we do not use no type of drugs to aid and assist us to those higher planes. And you and strike me I, as a sober type of person now. Yeah, yeah, I don't play around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when I when I woke up from that initiation um with the with that tribe I was reading reading and writing uh hieroglyphs and that's how I got my my name. Do you think this is part of what you would like to see in more people uh, waking up and achieving enlightenment that they get off of drugs and alcohol? Yes, I would love, uh, I would, I help individuals to get off of drugs and alcohol. And this is another conflict between you and Freemasonry because they're promoting like every single movie and TV show has people drinking alcohol. The good guys drink alcohol, the bad guys drink alcohol, the nerds drink alcohol. Like, it's just they seem to want us all drunk. I don't know. After a meeting, they drink alcohol. <laughs> so they're doing it's, it wrong. They're doing They got it backwards. Hmm. But again, you have to understand it's a, it's, a, it's a party fraternity, you know. For them. For them, Yes. You said last time that you don't think we have a chance of uh, subduing their power or subverting it or getting around it or hiding from it or running for it. But do you hope that Freemasonry itself changes? Freemasonry in itself, the totality of it will never change. There's so many, like, you know, now, you know, it came to me, somebody wrote a letter to me and I'm looking over in Africa now, Nigeria and all those countries have this Illuminati now. And they're walking around with big monies and all this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you guys are so lost. They got you guys now. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, raping women and kidnapping children. And it's like, oh, my God, you guys are just awful. So it's. Yeah, it's not going to change. It's just, it gets worse. So they're willingly creating this Babylon, so to speak. Most definitely. Most definitely. To keep it going. And there aren't very many people like you who would be willing to go in and turn the teachings around. I'm not willing to turn the, 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 the teachings around because that's not my goal in life. That's not my purpose. My purpose, I, I would feel to, you know, expose the truth, expose the lie, you know. But far as trying to get into a confrontation with it, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not there. I'm not there to do that.
you know, if they got a problem, then, you know, bring it. Bring the problem. I got a, I got a good solution for it. All right. One more quick break here while I tell you about my friends at the American Biodental Clinic in Tijuana, Mexico. Because a lot of people are walking around out there with metallic fillings that are actually made of mercury and root canals that may be the most toxic possible thing they have in their body. Unfortunately, most of the dentists in America, Canada, Australia, Europe, wherever you are, most of them don't believe that mercury is a problem. They believe the only safe place to store mercury is in your mouth. They usually won't take it out, won't reverse root canals properly. And if you do find a dentist in the modern world that will do it for you, it is usually exorbitantly expensive. So I trust the American Biodental Clinic. If you do have any toxic dental work, metallic fillings, root canals, or you have a dental problem that has not yet been dealt with, I highly recommend reaching out to American Biodental. The link is in the description, AmericanBioDental.com. They do free consultations, so you don't have any surprises about what you're in for, what it's going to cost. And even though it's in Mexico, it's just a few minutes from the border, they will actually pick you up in America, bring you over. They'll pick you up as far as the San Diego airport, and that's free, they'll take you back and forth. They're located inside of a nice hotel, the Grand Hotel in Tijuana, in case you need to stay a few days for more comprehensive work. And if you tell them that you were referred by not us, you will get $50 off if you spend at least $400, which is about the price of getting a filling removed and replaced with a safe filling, by the way. And I actually did an episode recently called Alternative Dentistry with Dr. Alessandro Porcella from the American Biodental Clinic. Highly recommend checking out that episode. For the audio listeners, I have also been posting some of these episodes, including that one. I've been posting to YouTube and to Rumble. And actually all of the episodes, including the video version when it's available, goes on Patreon at least one week early. Sometimes several weeks early if I'm on top of things. Not every video episode is going on YouTube. YouTube doesn't like a lot of the stuff that we talk about. And of course, you can find all of these links in the description and on my website, notusbooks.org. And we also have one more shorter episode here about mercury fillings, and we'll probably do more in the future because it's a big problem. And in the health business, it's something that I can't actually help you with. You can take all the supplements in the world. It's not going to reverse your root canal. It's not going to remove your mercury filling. And since those are such potent sources of toxins, it might make all the difference for you. So check them out. Get your free consultation, AmericanBioDental.com. And now we can get back to the episode. So as you're wandering around the world, you're following your heart, you're following your gut, you're giving the knowledge to those who present themselves to want it. So you wouldn't go out of your way then, just a comical example here. You wouldn't become a rapper or anything yourself and give out the positive version of the message instead of dragging people down. No. Is there anyone like you that would? Like, do you, Could this possibly happen? Could we use this force for good instead of bad? You can, but again, I will keep on saying the sacrifice that one must make spiritually. You've made that, though. I've made that, but that is for my, again, that is for myself. Mm. Not for, uh, for me to go out and boast that I've done this, I've been through this, and I have that. It's not, it's not for that. It is for, hey, if you're on this path, I can help you get to 
a higher state of consciousness that's going to help you and your family produce more light around you. Is the sacrifice the same for everyone or it's custom to your life? It's whatever it's custom to your life. It's whatever is going on in your life. So what do I need to sacrifice? What do you need to sacrifice? Yeah. Head knowledge. See, there's a difference between head knowledge and spiritual knowledge. So your 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 sacrifice is is not willing to please people. Stop trying to please people. First, please yourself, and then the enlightenment the enlightenment will come to you. Again, if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. But the more that you are pleased to people without even understanding your purpose in life, you will just you will just you will not you will not remain in darkness. You will remain at the edge of the abyss and light, which casts a shadow. And that's what you're doing right now. You're you're casting a shadow upon your own self. I've been under the impression in my own life here, I'm taking advantage of your clairvoyance here or whatever it is. So I'm very interested. Um, I was pulled into this health business just about 10 years ago now. And I, I always wanted to be an artist or kind of almost anything else. I don't really like dealing with people. In fact, I strongly dislike dealing with people. And this business I've thought about and even tried to walk away from it, but it's always pulled me in deeper. I've felt so I've felt that this is my calling and what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm talking about the health business specifically. In most episodes in the podcast, they're all about health and everything. This is a, this is an off topic episode, but I definitely don't feel like I need uh, to do anything more than to help who wants it very much like you. Am I confused about my purpose here? or I still haven't found it yet. Well, you're, that's, that is a, a business purpose as far as in aiding and assisting people on a health part. But it should be done also spiritually. Okay, so you are into the, the herbal part. Okay, so if I – are you letting the people know that, okay, at this time you should take this – Herb of the day, guiding them in their yeah, guiding, guiding them. Okay, yeah. Are you saying that? Okay, let's just say you're a Leo, which I already know. You already told me your birthday, but let's say we have somebody that's a Leo. How many times shall they take during the month that herb? What's going to calm their fiery spirit down? I, I don't I don't deal with it on this term. See, yes, yes, and that's where that's where you have to go into that deep meditation and ask that that power inside of you. What am I missing here? How can I how can my herbal affect people on a spiritual level also to where they can make that spiritual transition with inside themselves? Well, this is a problem because we know that people who are caught up in their own head, they have 
chronic stress or they're spiritually dysfunctional, they are going to be harder to deal with for sure. No question about that. And I know mm -hmm. people in the business that combine their therapy with sort of emotional, spiritual coaching at the same time. And they generally get quite good, quite predictable results. Whereas for me, mm -hmm. I can't predict who's going to do well and not. And those who are the most psychologically disturbed will be the most difficult overall. Right. But I don't so, address that at all. Okay. I'm admitting so that. In your incorporation, when you're dealing with healing with the air, air, herbs, I would, for me, as because again, that's how me and you come together because I do the same thing mm -hmm. with herbs. I would incorporate cinnamon with the herbs, I would incorporate baking soda with the herbs. I would incorporate so many times out the day you're taking apple cider vinegar, you know, all these things. I would incorporate in because now you're opening up certain glands inside of your body. I'm a okay. big fan of the, um, the apple cider vinegar and cinnamon. Very, very common. Because, okay. you know, spiritually and physically you are spiritually, you can't touch it. Physically, you can. So what I'm saying is that you are producing white blood cells. The white blood cells, when you produce more, it, it gives you not a craving of food, but it also keeps you centered spiritually if you're not doing any type of drugs, alcohol, drinking, or anything like that. Okay? The, the um, baking soda, a teaspoon of that helps you to get rid of the bacteria inside of your stomach, inside your intestines. Now you take that, mix it with eight ounces of water and, and take that and mix it with a tablespoon of vinegar cider. Now you help with colon cancer. See, all these healing products we have right here with us, but nobody's teaching. Well, we do. We, we teach and you're teaching us oh, right yeah. now. <laughs> is this general advice for everyone? Because you kind of were talking like you like customize your medicines for the person's I do astrology. I customize my own due to the person's illness, their astrology, and with their fire sign, going back and forth. If they're married, not married, if they have children, all of this stress levels. You know, let's just say a, a woman is she's pregnant. And she has a lot of stress for her from her husband. Okay, go crack an egg early in the morning. Crack an egg, um, beat it up, and swallow it. That first of all, the protein is going to help you in your pregnancy and the baby, and it's going to take away the the migraine headaches, and it's going to take a little bit of, a, a little bit of the stress. I have. Again, again, I deal with the meditation. So I have charts that helps people, you know, they put them in their, they put them in their house, they hang them up, that helps them whatever they may be going through psychologically also. On our last talk, I was kind of under the impression that the hieroglyphs, 
that the hieroglyphs were your primary healing tool, but you also use Earth's medicines here as well. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So like that family member of yours that you mentioned on the last one and that you are you were on the news for as well in California. Now imagine weighing 550 pounds and barely being able to move. KMPH News reporter Eric Rosales discovered a Tulare woman who lost nearly 300 pounds in just a few months with the help, she says, of ancient Egyptian symbols. So how did she do it? Lashunda says with the help of her brother, Dr. Tahuti Patah, she says, who specializes in astro-neurophysiology. We know the science of the body, but we, we don't understand the science of the mind. We don't understand what the mind is capable of doing. We understand what the brain is capable of doing, but we don't understand what the mind is capable of doing. Dr. Patah says in the field of astro-neurophysiology, a chart like this is customized to every patient. And when you take a look, a close look at the chart, you see hieroglyphs. Each of those hieroglyphs represent a part of your body, and it actually helps heal the body by opening up your neuropath, your brain path, allowing the body to heal itself. Each of these symbols represents the blood vessel, veins, um, inside of, of her body. And as the swelling goes down, it will change. Uh, she yes. lost like hundreds of pounds, right? Yeah, 275 pounds and almost 300 pounds I took off of her in two and a half months. So did you use hieroglyphs and herbs and nutrients and stuff? I used, yes, I took her off of all, all the medication that she was on, I took her off of. Cold turkey? The first day, the first day I seen her. She was on 20 plus medications. I took them off of her, everything. And then I began to start writing hieroglyphs. I looked at her, I, I looked at her medical chart, what it was, and then I began to write hieroglyphs off her medical chart. And the rest is the rest is history. I began to make certain herbs for her. Did you change uh, her diet at all? Uh she wasn't eating. I, I didn't. The herbs that I was giving her made her not want to eat. So she wasn't eating. Like I took milk away from her. I took sandwiches, any type of bread, any type of that type of. I took eggs away from her. Um, I was making my own uh, protein for her. Uh, berries. Uh, a lot of um, crushed. Um, lemon juice. Yeah, I'm giving a lot. Yeah, lemon juice, orange juice mixed together with um, a little bit of a teaspoon of apple cider and carrots. I smashed all that down. Then I take that and I dehydrate it inside the oven at two at two two seventy five until it's real dark. And then I smash it down. And then I would feed that to her with eight ounces of uh, water. Every day. Okay. That's all pretty high vibration, powerful stuff yes, there. Yes. Yes. So I think maybe we're in agreement here that this spiritual stuff isn't going to work if you drink poison. Your body's full of poison. Right. You have to, again, that sacrifice. You have to believe in yourself and believe what you're capable of doing. Discipline. Discipline is the most, anything that you do in life is discipline. And I would argue that what you put in and don't put into your body is uh, 
probably one of the most important forms of discipline, self-discipline. Yes. You get some And major self-awareness. benefits from it. I uh, don't mean to change the topic too abruptly, but we've covered some of what I wanted to talk about. And I think I have some big questions left. We hear about the Holy Grail in connection to the Freemasons. And we kind of sort of touched on it a little bit last time. But a lot of people believe that the Holy Grail, well, you're holding a cup. You're, hold, you're holding a cup for us right now. But a lot Yeah. of people are under the impression that the Holy Grail is a sort of a metaphor or that it's actually a bloodline it's for Jesus's bloodline. Is there anything to this? Which one is the metaphor, the cup or the bloodline? The the cup. So the cup's just a symbol. When thy cup is filled, it, it runneth over. It's a symbol. Okay. Now, uh, in higher degrees of masonry, past the 33rd degree, um, in a certain country, I cannot expose that, but in a certain country, You are given a, a tour to see the tomb in which Jesus was buried in. That's secret? That is sacred. No, I mean secret, like that we're not allowed to go there or know about it? You get, well, you, you're not going to go see the... When I speak of the tomb, I'm t talking about the actual coffin. With a body in it still? I don't, I, I don't know about that. Okay. But that It's, is the Holy Grail? That is part of the, the secrecy of the Holy Grail. Okay. That's why Mary Magdalene was so important. Why? Because of the certain images um, of the old teachings, you will catch Mary Magdalene kneeling down at a rock with a skull in front of a skull. So therefore, you get the secrecy of the skull and bones. Is the secret that the, those bones belong to Jesus? No, it's the secrecy of the ritual that takes place. Which is The this? death, burial, and resurrection. Is the death and resurrection, was it once a literal thing? Did Jesus literally resurrect? And now we just have a, a, a reenactment of it? Um, in masonry, that's what the reenactment is. the death, burial, and resurrection. But in the metaphor or the metaphysic world, it has to do with the death, burial, and resurrection of the individual soul and spirit themselves. Okay. So when we speak of the, the Holy Grail, we are speaking of, well, what in the higher degrees, again, we say the two... the two plumb lines. And one is given to you spiritually 
and one is given to you physically. And upon you tasting uh, that blood, um, like every ritual that they do in church every first Sunday, they give you a cup and they say, drink of this because it is my blood. And they give you a cracker and this is my, excuse me, this is my body. Okay, that is a lower ritual for layman people, layman churches. But there is actually a ritual that takes place off grid, I should say, off grid in Freemasonry. And you have to travel to the country in which it's done. And not everybody somewhere, knows about it. Somewhere around Turkey, I should say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so connects into another question that I also sort of asked last time because it appeared that from your answers, the way I understand it, anybody can join masonry. You don't have to be part of the special bloodline or anything, or you don't have to have a specific blood type or anything like that. Right. Right. Are you limited to how far you can go by anything in your bloodline? No, that's, it is all, uh, up to you how much uh, knowledge that you want. How, what are you seeking? Most of uh, Freemasonry is basically book knowledge. If you look at Masonry now, it's on the downfall. You can't get a lot of members now. So now, again, they're going through the uh, through rap music and music like that and other countries that wasn't privileged to the Internet and all that. So, yeah. It's on the downfall. Well, they still say that all the U.S. presidential elections, basically whoever was uh, closer related to King James, I think it was King James, whoever was close closer related is the one that won the election. So that's why I was just thinking that there might be some sort of uh, boundary or, or some sort of specific path for you if you are part of this bloodline. Well, again, when you speak of bloodline, you have to speak of the bloodline from your father's father's father. You know, and then when you speak of bloodline, you have to look at whose hands did your father's father's father shake to be able to keep the secrets, to have gnosis, to have that knowledge. So, no, you don't have to be part of a bloodline to become a mason, your bloodline comes in when you sell your soul to whatever tree, branch of tree that you are that you are part of. And depends on how many olive branches you are carrying. So that symbol on the back of the dollar bill has a big symbol of the bloodline also. And that owl that is hidden has a big symbolism also. So can can you explain this? Most people will know very simply that there's uh, 13 leaves, 13 olive leaves, 13 uh, arrows in the claw of the eagle on, on the... Yes. 
How, what is I don't understand how this connects to a bloodline. Well, it connects to the bloodline for the simple reason the people that created it was from that bloodline. Was a it was a European bloodline which take which took a sacred oath of Osiris. So when you take that sacred oath of Osiris back at that time, you became a part of that bloodline that you would hold the secrets. So that's how that emblems and all the Egyptian symbols came on that dollar bill. So, you know, it goes deeper than what you, than what we are talking about here. And again, that dollar bill is a certain, is a different subject. Related question here, I guess, because, most people associate those symbols with the Illuminati. So the Illuminati and the Freemasons are fundamentally different things, but there's overlap or, or what? It, it, totally different. Totally different. Illuminati deals with a world organization that is kept so tight that those that think that they are part of it by claiming to be Freemasons are so lost. So you're the above Luka, them, you think? I don't think that I am uh, above them. I just, I stay in my lane. If I wanted to contact somebody that belongs to them, that organization, I could. If I wanted to reach out, I could do that. But it, I don't. Because when you open up that door, it really opens. It's not just one door opening up. It's multiple doors that's opening up, just like um, The Matrix, the first movie when, you know, he went inside and had to open up this door, had to have a key to open up this door. Well, it's the same thing as when you're messing around with that Illuminati, you open up that door, you, you're going to be opening up a whole bunch of other doors. So Masonry is like an official club, but Illuminati, like you just said the word organization. Is this an official organization or is this unofficial? No, it's, 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 it's an organization. So they really are a secret society because Freemasons are, aren't really secret. 
Yeah, they're they're really really secret. You what? know, it's it started with I forget the bishop or the pope. Um, I want to go back to um, second century BC. I mean, second century AD. And you can start there and studying back and follow that uh, follow that bloodline. If you really want to follow it, uh, of the Illuminati, you want to follow that uh, Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene came up earlier, so you say yeah, these are totally separate belief systems here. Yes. But they still use some of the same, like, data points. Yes. Okay. And even similar... One is real and one is an illusion. Okay. Which one is real? One Freemason? One is, uh, no, Freemason is fake. That's an illusion. Throw you off. Remember I told you at the beginning, I said there's two types of Mason. There's a speculated Mason and an operated Mason. An operated Mason is what builds physical things. A speculated Mason is what builds the temple with inside the individual. Now, how can I be a speculated Mason trying to build the temple with inside myself when I'm keeping secrets and lying to my very own individual, very own family members? So it becomes an illusion. But when I think I understand, I think. Okay. Okay. Being being that. I want to pretend that I have the truth. But my character doesn't demonstrate that I have the truth. So therefore, the foundation in which I built was a lie. So I must go through life living this lie in order to think or get people to believe that I am somebody. So what's the other side of the coin then? What makes Illuminati real? They real. They do what they want. They shut down the government whenever they want to. They shut down everything. They can shut down anything in the world when they want to. So your power through the hieroglyphs and through everything else that you do with your spiritual enlightenment, that protects you from all of these threats. You're not worried about the Illuminati either. No. I don't put myself in a position to where I'm going to be threatened. Okay, you would have to really, first of all, you would have to know where I live at. You would have to know what door to knock on. And then you would have to know that I am very, very well protected, not just under hieroglyphs. I belong to a very, very big organization. The Freemasons? No. As an Egyptian priest. Oh. I'm over 500. I got 500 students that I send hieroglyphs to monthly to aid and assist them into the, inside the temples. Is this on a newsletter or something? I don't mean to be crass. I'm just interested in the logistics. Um, I send it. Sometimes I can send it in a newsletter. Sometimes I can give it to a person and it gets there. Okay. So I know I said. 
I, I kind of said earlier as a joke, like, why don't you just become a rapper and spread the truth? But you have these connections. Isn't there some way that if you wanted to, you could reach a much wider audience with your version of the truth? <sighs> or you just don't want to? For me, again, this was for me. When you begin to reach a wide audience and you begin to teach a knowledge which they may take a lifetime to understand, and when you open up those doors, you are responsible for that individual soul. I'd rather be responsible for healing one person at a time than to try to get this knowledge out to millions of people to where they may not even understand it. Might be a lot of confusion too if you're not ready for this. It's yeah, the hieroglyphs will confuse you. The hieroglyphs will again, your 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 life can be stagnated. It can stagnate your spiritual growth if not understanding properly. If you're not making self sacrifices daily, it can upset you. It can make you think that all along you have the truth and. You don't. You never have the truth. So you're kind of saying that you would rather spend your time, first of all, with those who are willing and want it, and uh, second of all, those that you can actually make a large difference with rather than just buckshotting it out there and helping some people and not helping other people? Yes. I understand that I cannot affect the whole world in a sense, but I can affect the world that is around me. Now, all this conflict that you have, this uh, intellectual and spiritual conflict that you have within Freemasonry, you still refer to them as your brothers. Would they still uphold that, like your rank, like no matter what, like, okay, Dr. Tahuti, he's he's kind of on the deep end. He's He's telling truth to civilians. But they'll still show up for you. They'll still be loyal to your rank. Oh, not those brothers I'm talking about. I'm talking about the brothers in my priesthood. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have no brothers that uh, that are in the priesthood that I belong to. You don't. I. I not not here in America. No. You got some brothers that are out of New York, Detroit, and all that, that claim to have spiritual knowledge of the ancient Egyptian mystery system, but they don't got it. If they had it, they would have these books that I have. So it, it feels like you're kind of a lone wolf in, then, in all this. Most shamans, we are. <laughs> but you're still protected. You're still taken care of. I'm still protected and I'm still taken care of, yes. Just not by Freemasonry itself, by the priesthood? Not by Freemasons, no. Okay, because I was thinking that, yeah, you would still have enough contact that if you wanted to, you might know other, some other people in Freemasonry that feel the way that you do, that want to teach more people the good part of it. No. No, they still got to make, they still got to make a sacrifice. See, you know, in free again, in Freemasonry, you may want to go out and teach the mass people the knowledge of the truth about Freemasonry, but 
hidden behind closed doors, you still got some issues of yourself. So you're not really you're not really able to teach when you still got those hidden problems or situations. You still want to drink. You still want to fornicate. You still want to do certain things that is of the world. So you don't know anyone else who's on your level, so to speak, in terms of all no, these things. No, there's nobody. Listen, brother, there is nobody. I have a book that I think I told you that is 12 feet mm -hmm. in length, made out of pure silver. I made it seven years to make when I was doing my 12 years of silence. It's a talisman. It's the what we call the hermetic... Um, from the Hermetic teachings, the Hermetic book, I have that. And I'm the only one that has that. The only one that has this book. I'm the only one within 6,000 square miles of you that has all 43 books of Thoth, or Hermitris Magistus. Why is it so concentrated? Why aren't the other high-level Masons privy to this? They just don't want it? Well, it, you, you're talking about something that spooks everybody. When you talk about hieroglyphs and you talk about, oh, you write hieroglyphs. Oh, this is an ancient language and you write it. Yeah, I write it. I read it. I speak it. How did you come to know, know this? Well, you got to, uh, you got to, first of all, you got to make some self-sacrifices. You got to go along the tree and pull certain uh, fruits off the tree and absorb it. You're not going to get it in English. Most people don't know. I read and write Greek. I read and write Hebrew. Uh, I had to learn um, most of your hidden languages that in order me to be able to read certain books that came before me. Latin, got to learn Latin. You know, when you when you are in this knowledge of uh, what they call, I call it metaphysics or, or the Egyptian the Egyptian metaphysics. Um, some people may call occultism. You got to be able to protect yourself spiritually. So when you're out there, when Masons are out there just doing ritual ritualistics, they're not protecting themselves. They're calling on something that is foreign to them from one thing. And if it does manifest itself, they're running. They become paranoid, schizophrenic for, their, for the rest of their life. Because they open up a door that they had no business opening up. And then you got to be able to be taught by the best. So all the negative stuff that Freemasons promote you just don't let any of that affect you or you you don't you don't listen to music because that's like all music is tied up in this if i'm not wrong you know you don't watch movies you don't just anything you see the 33 you walk the other way kind of thing oh well, i just know what it's about i listen to a lot of piano music and a lot of violin music soothing you know when it comes to words, words stimulate the, the psychic or of the individual. You can listen to, you can 
have a cat and be listening to some rap music or music with words and it will change your whole aura. And a cat or a dog will pick up on that aura or certain birds will pick up on that aura versus if you're listening to a violin or a piano. They can pick up on that aura because you're giving off certain vibrations. Why is it that the violin or the fiddle has always been associated with the devil? Because of the strings and the vi- the vibration in which it vibrates the earth in which you're standing on. That's why in Freemason, we call it, they call it the tassel board. And so when you're walking up on that tassel board, which looks like a, a chess board, each step must be governed by instrument, must be governed by a string. And what it is, is that the strings is acting off of your psychic emotion, consciousness and unconsciously. When they're doing these uh, initiation rituals and stuff, do they use music as part of them? Yes. Specific Certain music to specific portray- music, specific sounds. Some are thunderous sounds giving. Uh, some are sounds of laughter. Uh, it de- it all depends on what type of initiation that you're uh, going in and going through. So are you saying that words just in general, words used in music is something you don't want to mess around with? Yeah, because it leaves, a, it leaves a, first of all, it can bring up an image. That's first thing. It can bring an I- image inside your thinking pattern. And then it governs the way you look at the world. And how you perceive the world and perceive what is around you. So versus you reading a book and then going to a play and seeing the actual play, will you get more understanding out of the actual play that you're seeing or will you get a better understanding reading the book? Seeing the so play, now right? there's visual. So you'll get more emphasis out of the visual than you, read, than you would reading a book. So are you saying that the visual would influence me more than just the words by themselves? Yes. And that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. It, it, it depends on what what plane that you're working out of, what energy, what vibration. So, you know, again, you catch most singers, how they, you know, influenced by the words, you know, the B word and F this and you know, holding up the guns and all that. Well, it influences other children of like-minded to do the same thing. Like, it's cool to do this. What if they're good words? Like, the song's all about how much someone loves another person or gospel music. Okay, so you use gospel music talking about God and God changing your life, but behind closed doors you're acting totally different. So even that becomes illusion upon the precepts of, uh, of knowledge. So it's good for some people if you believe that that gospel music will heal you. 
you know, again, spiritual and physical. But if you listen to gospel music and, and you're up there and you have a congregation of 25,000 congregation, but the pastor is messing around with little boys and uh, the gospel music just went out the door. Because you fake. Everything that you spoke any time before that is fake. You just found out they just the people around you that you were teaching found out that you was a fake and a fraud. So now their souls messed up. Now they don't know what to believe in. Huh. A lot of interesting concepts here. So what about even if the okay, the singer, the singer is enlightened, they're not a hypocrite. Nothing. They're speaking their truth. Positive, all 100% positive words, positive intention behind it. Is that still problematic, potentially? What, who, and who, and what are they affecting? If your effect, if you're trying to get your effect out through your music, and you are not 100% right with the karma and the energy around you, then you are infecting the individual people that are listening to your music are listening to the vibrations of what you're, sa what you're saying. So, so this... again, again, it goes back to the individual language. Is this kind of like, you know, we're all infallible sort of things. So just nobody is kind of pure enough to be able to make lyrical music that would not be problematic. You can make music, but is it is it healing music? What if it is? Is, uh, is it possible? It's possible, yeah, on a layman terms. But you still would have to take yourself, you know, you would, uh, yeah, it's on a layman terms. It all depends on what you're trying to reach. Everybody can't be a priest. So uh, my mind don't, I don't focus on that type of energy. Whatever the singer, singer, hey, more blessing to you. So let me see if I understand this. So there's some music that, especially if you're low down right now, you're not doing good. Some music could bring you up to a new level. But you, being spiritually way beyond most of us, almost everyone, that music can't do anything to you because you're already elevated. Is that what I'm... I'm already, I, I'm, I already vibrated a certain tone. So you don't need the type of music that would bring somebody out of depression because you're nowhere near that that level. No. You're way beyond that. No, no. I don't find myself in a depressing state because I don't put my mental aspect of who I am in a depressing state. Any of the What's... knowledge that you are privy to, like this Egyptian hieroglyphs and stuff, n none of that is meant to be set to music at all, right? No. Wouldn't, wouldn't it enhance it, though, if you took that same knowledge and put it to music? Why would I take this knowledge that is forbidden? Remember, I started off letting you know that even inside the Bible, Jesus, Jesus said, it's not meant for everyone to have the secrets to the kingdom of heaven. So why would I put my mental part into a music trying to make a beat or have somebody make a beat to this here when... It's not meant for everybody. Hmm. Only very few are selected. 
and very fewer than that walks upon this path. I don't mean to get so caught up in music. It just feels like it's a big part of the plan against us is controlling the music. And you said something very interesting that it can create an image in your mind. So yeah, think about that. Somebody is putting an image in your mind using music. That's a dangerous thought to me. And most music out there promoted by the mainstream is highly, highly negative and violent and yes, promoting drugs and alcohol and, and promiscuity and all this stuff that uh, lowers our vibration. I just I, I want to believe that it, the same force could be used for good as well. It, again, it depends on where you at in your studies of yourself, self-awareness. You know. Um, you don't catch everybody wanting to take a vitamin or take some supplements that would help them out. They're just, you got some people that want to remain in darkness. So the mass people that, there's more people that is ready to listen to foul language and or put that foul language in their life than to listen to an orchestra with a violin and piano. You don't catch a stadium sold out that's dealing in an orchestra. You may catch a small part, but you're not catching 80, 90,000 people that's coming all over the world to do that. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. Even if you listen to Yanni, nostalgia, you know, you're just... Some are few. Some do have the ability to forecast good energy upon people through their music. But the majority of it is not. Okay. Interesting, you know. Uh, when I first started getting into this conspiracy type of stuff, I said, oh, great, there's uh, no music I can listen to anymore. You know, the Beatles were created by the Tavistock Institute, the CIA, and, you know, the Rolling Stones, they got all the devil music and all this, all the stuff that I was raised listening to. So my dad was a musician, listened to all that old blues stuff, and I yeah. grew up, and, and then I was like, oh, I guess I can't listen to anything then. And so for a long time, I did just listen to classical music or no music or audiobooks, whatever I could use yes. to, to learn and grow. And I, I did return to regular music and... I don't know. Is this uh, something I need to sacrifice in myself, my, my love of music? No, if you love me, again, my walk of life and your walk of life is, is, is different. It parallels to the healing aspect. But if music moves your soul, then let it move it. Let it move it into the right direction. Well, I'm trying to graduate from this life, too. It looks like you are as well. I'm trying to get to the next world. I don't know how many lives I've been here in this world, but I'm, I'm ready to go to the next mm -hmm. one. And so, yeah, I am wondering what uh, would I have to do in this life. Is giving up these frequencies part of it? Listen to, viol listen to violin music during the nighttime. Um, right before you go to bed at 8, uh, I don't know, 8.30, put it on when it's dark. Uh, when it's the full moon, uh, all day, as soon as the full moon is, is up, you want to listen to piano music all yeah. day long. 
do you have any specific recommendations? Yeah, I I, I do. I have some. <laughs> I listen to the 17th century violin music. Um, 15th century, somewhere in there. 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere there. What happened after that? Did it uh, just all go to? Ha- it like- just went. It just went down. Okay. It went to. It went through emotional stage. Now like Beethoven all, and everything. Yeah, it all went to uh, alchemy. You know, you got alchemy music. You know, so Beethoven was a good, um, a great alchemist in his music. Okay. Um, changing subject, Zionism, very much in the news right now. Zionists, many people call them fake Jews and connect them to the Jesuits, which we've established here is separate from Freemasonry, although there seems to be some overlap in the people themselves. What is with this? What's going on with Zionism? Does this have anything to do with Freemasonry? (laughs) <laughs> is this too yeah. touchy what's going on yeah you you touching on something that Zionists it all depends on what uh, branch they are studying out of is good knowledgeable people I'm talking about just the very practical sense of they want to take over Palestine oh that's political now why so much attention towards this one simple goal? One simple goal or one simple cu- uh, country? I'm not not sure what you mean. Okay, so you're saying that the Zionist wants to take over Palestine. Mm-hmm. Palestine is a is, is a small country, a part of the land. Yes. Right. Why do the Zionists want to take over it? It's a great question. Yeah, and until you until you understand what's beneath Palestine and the history of Palestine, you know it's uh, you stay uh, <laughs> I don't know you stay clear of that. So they seem willing to pulverize Palestine entirely and rebuild it, but you're saying the value is under the soil. There's great value in Palestine. Palestinians, yeah, there's great, great, uh, great value there. Is this something to do with energy, like the point that it's there, or is this geopolitical, like it controls the Middle East, or we're talking like gold and oil under the ground? Um, I don't know about that. I just know about the spirituality of the of the land. It just seems like so much energy, so much. Uh, manipulation and it's been over 70 years right that they've been working on the takeover and steadily pushing out the palestinian people and making it into their own country and uh you know palestine's not officially recognized as a country currently by the un so it basically has been eliminated already it's just it's still so hard for me to understand why so much effort went into this considering jews whether they're fake jews or not they can live wherever they want there's nothing stopping them from living wherever they want 
people been fighting over that country, brother, for thousands of years. This is not the first time that we are hearing that they've been battling over that region for thousands of years for that land. Is this spiritual, though? Like, is it being there gives you power or something? I, I would I would tell you or tell the listeners, look up the equator. Look how they changed everything. Why? What was the purpose of putting in that canal? You know, a lot of the stuff there, what was the purpose of them doing that? That's a lot of research. I know it, but there's a lot of research that involved the 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 meaning and the that place there. But you can't tell us. I wish not to I wish not to speak on it. Because for me that's getting into a political thing. And that's something that I don't engulf my my uh, spiritual attitude into. Is politics. Does this have something to do with uh, Egypt? Because it is a border country of Egypt. All of that was Egypt at one time. But yeah, go back and research it. <laughs> so All of that to Africa at one time. So they're, they're battling over Egypt, essentially. Pretty much. Control of certain things over there. There's certain things over there that's underwater. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Speaking in riddles here for me, I, I don't, I'm not sure what to think of it. Well, life, life itself is a riddle. That's what man is trying to figure out spiritually about himself. Does he live or does he die? Is there a death, burial, and resurrection? Or does he just, are this, are, are, are we just living in a simulated world? So life itself is a riddle. But when I tell you to go that there's stuff underwater, that's not a riddle. There's certain things that are underwater that's controlling it. And the only reason why that, yeah, I'm getting into politics. The only reason why that they're really trying to control is because those satellites now that they have, they're able to look underneath the earth, underneath the ground. They could penetrate the ground very deeply. But do they have to, like, genocide a whole country just to get resources or to locate themselves there with the power? I, I, I just don't understand. Why? Why? Go, or, and even if it was, why not just level it? Why not just bomb it? We have the power to. They did do that. We, the American, would never. The American people will never do that. Will never go for that. So you do have now. You're getting into the importance of who's the head of the Illuminati's. Who is ahead of them? Well, you you'll see in a few years. Uh oh. Not to leave it at such a cliffhanger point, but uh, I think we're going to have to call it a little bit soon. Um, so we might have to end this one and possibly uh, get another one going on soon here if we could, possibly. Hopefully sooner than the last one, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, quite, yeah, quite a cliffhanger there. Wow. Okay. Let me throw just one last sort of uh, easy question at you. So... From what I'm gathering from how you explain everything, anybody who wants this knowledge, higher knowledge, 
can work their way towards it, work their way through that knowledge. We don't have to become masons in order to gain this knowledge, correct? Correct. And you encourage us to without joining masonry? It's, it doesn't sound like you're trying yes. to recruit anybody to yes, masonry. I encourage individual that is looking for that straight path, that spirituality path, to go search themselves, make some self-sacrifice, pick up some self-motivational books, and see how it guides you. If the book, if you only get one paragraph out that book that stimulates that growth with inside of you, use it. I see behind you that you have a, a numerous of books. Mm -hmm. And I believe that maybe you got something out of each one of those books, some character out of some of those books that you can identify yourself to. It is the same thing with coming after that spiritual knowledge. You don't need to listen to man because sometimes man presents himself as a fake and a fraud. But the soul, that spiritual essence that's inside of you will always guide you to that right direction if you have the clairvoyance and the telepathy with inside of you to seek out, ask, and knock on the door. Do we all have that clairvoyance? That's something we can access? Yes, if you train yourself, yes. You sure do. Some very interesting stuff here, Dr. Tahuti. I really, really appreciate you spending this time with us. And your books will be available this year. You're going to share with yes. me how we can get them? Yes. We will find a way to give you all the information where you can order them. Even okay. if I have to send you, uh, send you things. Okay, so for everyone listening, an update on that. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Whatever the situation is, will be in the description of the podcast or the video, wherever you are watching it. 
And so since uh, Dr. Tahuti is not promoting anything else, social media or anything like that, we don't have, uh, you don't have a call to action here, basically, or do you? What are your, what are your closing words here? The knowledge is, is out there. This is the time that, in these day and times, that the people should seek out the best thing, comfortability spiritually for them and their family. You don't have to go out and sell your soul to an organization that is not going to protect you, nor they're not going to be by your gravesite when you leave this world. The only thing and the only people that's going to be there is your family members. So give all spirituality to your family members and raise those children in the right direction. Sounds like good advice to me, honestly. Wholesome. All right. Thank you for having me. And thank you again. Please let me know anytime you'd like to do the next one. I've got a whole notebook full of more questions that we didn't get anywhere close to. But uh, I think it was a very interesting discussion here today. And yeah, I'm always looking forward to the future ones. I still think it's weird that that I feel warmth from you. It's It's a strange thing. I told you, I really did come into this the first time expecting to be uh, speaking with a hostile enemy and uh, I felt good during our conversation and after it and it it left me with lots of confusing emotions to be honest good good (laughs) I'm glad that you're I'm glad that you're happy I'm glad that I'm able to stimulate that 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 pineal gland absolutely and I'm I'm looking forward to more I'm thirsty for more good don't drink too much milk I don't drink any milk. I'm not about that milk. Don't like the milk. <laughs> Good. All right. So thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this as much as I did. Remember, you can always find everything that I do on my website, notusbooks.org, including all the books that I've written and helped publish, and maybe even a link to Dr. Tahuti's books when that comes. Maybe I'll be able to put a link on my website or something. There's also an archive of this podcast on the website, notusbooks.org. You can find uh, secret episodes there that since we got taken down, they haven't been reposted. So they are only on the archive. You can download those episodes for free. And if you are listening on the archive, there's actually a special treat for you if you listen all the way to the end. So if you are listening on the archive, stick around after we sign out here. Very quickly, big thank you to the patrons who do support this podcast. We don't get any ad revenue from the podcast itself. And the support that we do get on Patreon does go a long way. You can support us there through Patreon. $1.99 buys you access to all of the content there, including all of the episodes for the podcast. They're always released at least one week early on Patreon, sometimes several weeks early. Some of the videos that have been taken down off of YouTube are also on the Patreon. And we do a weekly Zoom meeting where we go pretty deep into specific diseases and products and uh, individual case studies. We go over them in real time and talk about what we would do with the stage that they're at some pretty important stuff on the patreon and yeah that's it for now thank you everybody until next time